Welcome to The Visionary Life, a podcast designed to give entrepreneurs a behind-the-scenes look at what it means to embrace all of who you are, to break free from the mold, and to create your multi-dimensional impact by living out your soul's purpose. You'll be witness to storytelling, interviews, and true confessions from those who've risen beyond the fold so that you can embody what it means to be the visionary. I'm your host, Megan Rupert, and this is The Visionary Life. What is up and welcome back. Today, I have an old mastermind sister, friends of mine, Emily Utter, who is here to talk about finding that space to really have a business that works with your lifestyle. And I think too many people are living in this place of, well, let me get the business to this point first, and then I'll have the lifestyle I want. And Emily has been such a beacon and really just a living example through not just the way that she's operating, but like it literally is her brand is living that lifestyle, making decisions about the way that you want your life to operate first and foremost, and then designing the business support to support you through that. So I am so pumped to share this conversation with you today. Uh, Emily is a business coach, sales trainer, and creator of the highly acclaimed sales power system for coaches. She also happens to just put out the most fire content. If you are not following her on Facebook or Instagram, get on it. It is so fun to follow along. She loves to push the edges um, and really speak to the elephant in the room. So with that, we're going to dive into today's talk and I will see you there. Hi, Megan. I am so excited to reconnect with you. It has, it has been a really long time. It's been a really long time. I'm so excited we're having this conversation. Definitely. Well, and you know, I've been like, I've just been watching your, the conversation that you've been hosting on Facebook, which if none of, if you're not following Emily, go find her on Facebook. You just have like, well, you're doing Instagram now too, but like you just, you're really able to bring these deeper nuanced conversations and you have no problem like calling out the BS that you see out in the industry, which I've always really valued. So yeah, thanks for doing that. I so appreciate that. And yeah, I love being on Facebook because there's no character limit and I've got a lot to say, you know? Oh yes. I have been so limited on Instagram. I'm like, continue in comments, continue in comments. It doesn't work. Um. Awesome. Well, I, I wanted to have this dialogue with you today because you have, um, you have really embodied this lifestyle business thing in a way that I think a lot of people would not, I hate the word envy, but like that people can look up to that. I think that's the better way to say it. And you really have done that, but you also, there's this background that you bring to this kind of, to that whole idea that I think a lot of people probably miss, which is, you know, your activist years and we'll get to the chicken bus story in a few minutes, but um, I'd love if you could kind of just share like just a little bit of like what that journey has been like, especially with you standing where you are today, having been in this space now for, I mean, you and I met in 20, I think 14. So it's like eight years that you've really been in this elevated trajectory. So yeah, I'm just going to kind of let you riff on that. Yeah. Awesome. Well, it's funny because when I started this business, I didn't have huge aspirations for what it could be. I just really wanted to make six figures, which at the time felt so impossible, which is hilarious looking back, of course, but (laughs) 
Yeah, I really just wanted something where I could travel, work from anywhere, have this laptop lifestyle, which in a in a way I was already living, but to a much smaller extent. So I don't know if you know this, you, this might jog your memory when I say it, but my first business was environmental consulting. And so I did get to travel and that's actually how this current business was born because my peers and my colleagues were watching me travel around and speak on stages at different nerdy environmental conferences and, you know, lobby in Sacramento and things like that. And, um, you know, my peers started asking me, how are you doing this? How are you doing this? How are you traveling around and getting all these consulting clients? And at that time, I'd never even heard of the coaching industry. I really, I mean, of course I'd heard of like Tony Robbins, but I didn't know about this industry. I had no idea. And just little like hints and messages started to come to me. And I really felt like, oh my gosh, I got to figure out a way to make money from this. If everyone wants my knowledge and everyone's asking me to have coffee or have dinner or pick my brain, I got to make money from this. This is ridiculous. And so that's really kind of the origin story of this coaching company, um, I used to go by the adventurous entrepreneur and I really just wanted to be the person that others could come to when they wanted a freedom lifestyle. And a big part of my story too, is that, you know, I was doing the environmental consulting and then funny enough, I really wanted to go to Argentina and I hadn't yet figured out how to do my environmental company online, which is hilarious looking back because I could have absolutely done it. But a lot of my work was in person, you know, lobbying, meeting with legislators, literally working with janitors to set up proper recycling and composting systems. And I just didn't know how to do that virtually at the time. Um, so anyways, I, I literally took a J-O-B so that I could go to Argentina. So I let the company go just to go to Argentina to go study Spanish and drink wine and eat lots of steak. And um, when I came back, you know, I got back into the consulting, started the coaching company, and I realized okay, wait, this is actually a real thing here. I could really create something where I'm helping other people leave their nine to fives. Um, that's not really what I do anymore. I definitely work with people who are already a bit established, but that's kind of how all of this was born was, you know, I had all of this angst inside of myself when I had that job for a period of time, you know, the, the post-Argentina time. And I had all this angst inside of me and actually a lot of shame and self-hatred, if I'm totally honest, mm -hmm. because I, I really struggled to just fit into the working environment. And even though I really cared about the work that I was doing, I really resisted the hell out of the structure of what time I had to show up to work, what time I had to leave, which really just made me feel like I was supposed to be inefficient in my work. Like I could get my work <laughs> done in four hours. Why did I need to sit there all day, you know, and commute and all of that? Um, and so it's so strange. Like I went through kind of like a mental health crisis mm -hmm. and then I got fired, which was great because then it just set me off on this trajectory to really only ever be an entrepreneur. And so that was the last job I ever had and getting fired. I will never forget that day. And I knew inside of myself, like I was embarrassed, of course, to like walk out with my cardboard box of stuff, but leaving that day, I knew I am done. I am never doing a job again. And what I found as I kind of healed that part of myself that felt so ashamed that I couldn't fit into that was I realized, oh my gosh, there's so many people who are just like me. There are so many people who resist the structure of a nine to five. And that's really how this company was born. So even though it's shifted quite a bit over the years, I started it with a lifestyle focus 
I've continued to run it with a lifestyle focus. I have definitely messed up over the years. And we can talk about that of times I've canceled trips and, um, you know, not let my lifestyle lead, but that's kind of a long winded way to explain how the lifestyle really was, um, kind of the inspiration and the North star for my coaching company. Mm, Oh, I love that. Um, so with that said, it's like, how has being able to like center that in your business, how does that enable you to perform better in what you do? Well, what's awesome about it is, okay. So in the beginning, I think I felt like I was supposed to show up a certain way and be a certain level of professionality and all of this. And so I really didn't lead with the lifestyle publicly. Like it wasn't in my marketing. I would kind of keep it a secret. I remember the first time that I went to Bali, I didn't know that these tools existed to match time zones. So I hand drew a 24 hour calendar so I could figure out what time it would be in Bali, what time it would be in California. So I could even meet with my clients. So I remember feeling ashamed about that. Um, it's interesting. Shame is like a big part of my story because every time I accepted something about myself, it then became the thing that I would teach. So it's so interesting how that's worked. And so, yeah, I felt like I was like getting away with something the first time that I went and did this trip, but also saw my clients from there. Um, but as I kind of started to accept this and bring it into my marketing, the reason it's been so powerful is that not only do my clients know this when they're coming in the door to work with me, but it's why they want to work with me. Mm. So in the beginning, I saw it as a disadvantage because I made up the story about myself that I was irresponsible or something like that, but it actually became the number one reason why people choose to hire me. And I know that because I ask my clients, why did you hire me? There's a bazillion other coaches you could have chosen, but they always tell me it's the lifestyle. It's the lifestyle. We love that. We actually literally see you running your company from multiple countries, multiple cities every year, minus some of the lockdown time. Um, So yeah, it really has been a huge advantage for me. And two, you know, we're all different. We all have different brains. We all have different personalities, but I know for me, I feel really stagnant if I don't see new things, experience new things. I mean, if I'm in one place for three weeks, I start to feel like, okay, I need a day trip or I need a weekend trip. You know, this weekend I'm going down to San Diego. I live in LA now. Um, And so even just these little things, they spark creativity in my mind. And so when I do have these opportunities to go travel, have a little adventure, it makes me a better coach. It makes me a better leader. It makes me a better entrepreneur because I am giving my brain what it loves to eat, which is variety and excitement and trying a new food or wandering a new city and getting lost. My brain loves those things. I love those things. My soul and my heart loves those things, but it really feeds the business. And so yeah, really what I realized was that these parts of myself that I felt didn't fit anywhere are actually exactly why people love me and want to work with me. Mm. Oh, I hope that this is giving some people permission right now to like really own those things that maybe we're shying away from. Oh, and it's you. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. It's like, and the the fact that you, like you were saying is like the things that you were actually feeling shame around and afraid to own it's like as soon as you owned it you're like actually this is the very thing that I can use to attract people and I 
like just to speak into like the visionary piece too is like our I just wrote something on this today is like it is the very thing that we struggle with over and over and over again it's those those patterns that repeat it's those un, that same onion that we keep on like you know peeling are literally the keys to what we are here meant to do meant to empower others with and so um yeah so just there's just so much goodness in what you just shared there I love it um yeah so can you just can you just like unpack a little bit like what does your lifestyle look like and how have you been able to really set your brand up in a way and your business up and your clients up in a way that really honors that lifestyle what does that look like yeah that's such a good question so, you know, the pandemic years have definitely been a little weird. Nice. I I was not even on a plane in 2020 until November, which is really unusual. And, you know, travel has picked up. Things are starting to shift pretty significantly. Phew, thank God. Um, but I would say on average, I spend minimum two to three months outside the country every year. So I do have a home base in Venice, Los Angeles, um, but I travel quite a bit. So this past year... Uh, was still maybe not as well-traveled as a, as a normal Emily Utter year, but I've spent months down in Mexico. This summer, I went and spent um, five weeks living in Barcelona, which was honestly the highlight of 2022 for me. It was so fun. Um, and so even on my team, we have a travel SOP. So my team will look at my calendar, make sure time zones line up. We'll have to shift my availability based on the time zone I'm in. Um, and my team knows, you know, there will be occasions and this, this happens where I buy a flight and the next day I'm gone, you know, so there's not always a ton of time to plan ahead for that, but, you know, something else that has changed in my business, but I'll tell the story anyway, because I think it'll be inspiring for people who resonate with this is, you know, even how I've planned my launches. So for instance, you know, Burning Man is always blocked off on my calendar. I've never missed a Burning Man since I started going in 2012. So that's always on the calendar. I always joke, it's my Christmas. I don't care if I get Christmas off, but don't <laughs> don't get anywhere near my Burning Man time because that's happening no matter what. Um, but yeah, you know, we plan launches around my travel. We used to do in-person retreats, and I do think we're going to be bringing those back now that the climate around everything has changed. But, you know, I would run a client mastermind retreat and that night jump on an overnight flight to Asia. I would go to like Thailand or Bali or whatever. And it was fun because I would build in these little rewards for myself, right? Like leading up to a client mastermind retreat. It's a lot of work. It's a lot of energetic output. It's amazing. But then I wanted, you know, my own treat after that. So there were multiple retreats where I would run the retreat, like back up everything. And the flights to Asia are always at like midnight. So it's very easy that maybe the retreat would end at five. I'd go home, get my suitcase and go to the airport. And it was great. So that's really what it's looked like for me is, you know, I'll pick a few places throughout the year that I want to go. I'm not a super plan a header type. I used to go to Bali every kind of May, June vibe. Um, but, you know, a lot of my normal kind of schedules around traveling, if you could even call it that changed over the past few years for obvious reasons, but it really is just a part of the culture of our company. You know, I think for anyone who's listening, it's important to make sure your team understands this about you and that you also create systems for the team so that it doesn't become this kind of chaotic disaster for them. But in our case, it's like, okay, if Emily's going to travel, here are the things that need to happen. And it just becomes a part of how we run things in the business. So they know they've got to go look at the calendar, adjust things potentially. 
Um, as for the Barcelona trip, we basically planned it so that I would arrive at the end of a launch. And by the time I got there, my only work, which was very, very, very little, was client fulfillment and then showing up for team meetings. And other than that, I did no other work while I was there. I truly walked around all day, ate food, found the best oysters, like gallivanted around living my best life. Amazing. Yeah. So I love that. (laughs) Well, and there's like another piece to this, something I know because you've just shared and because of our scheduling for this is like, you don't take appointments before a certain time of the day, right? Oh yeah. Like it's never going to happen before 11 a.m. And you know, that's for multiple reasons. Like if I ever have trouble sleeping, I'm never stressed because I know I can like sleep till nine or 10 if I need to. Um, But the other thing too, is that, you know, I think as entrepreneurs, it's so important that we learn what optimizes us as humans and as business owners and as a coach or whatever your role is. And I noticed that if I was needing something from my team or they were needing something from me kind of first thing in the morning, I would get really agitated because I wouldn't have had my morning time, my coffee, my exercise. And so often that time in the morning, let's say from like nine to 11 is me going to a yoga class, taking a super long walk, going on a bike ride, going to Pilates, you know, I'm getting that kind of energy out and moving inside of myself so that I can then be present for the rest of the day. So this definitely upsets people. Sometimes, you know, they want to book an 8am meeting. They think I'm being inflexible. And I'm like, no, 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 this is my boundary across the board. Like you're not special just because I said no to to an 8am, right? Like everyone gets a no for me. And it's always funny with new team members. They're like, well, I put the eight o'clock on your calendar because that's the only time the person was available. And I'm like, well, then that meeting isn't happening. It's either Mm -hmm. happening after 11 or it's not happening. So, you know, it's boundaries are so interesting because people do bump up against them sometimes. And I think it matters so much how the boundaries embodied, like there's a difference between just being really crunchy and, you know, not really embodied with it and just saying, no, I'm, I'm sorry. These are the rules I've set up for myself and everybody gets to follow them. And that's just how it works. Um, I did tell my team though, if it's Oprah, um, I'm there 2am. <laughs> I'm there, but you know, there's very, very, very few exceptions to that rule because it's truly better for everyone. When I have that time and space in the morning to do what I need to do for me. So I'm not stressed about sleeping enough. I'm not stressed about getting my exercise in. I have the time. I know that I have it and it just creates so much peace of mind for me. And I know my team likes it better anyways, because I'm a freaking brat in the morning. If I haven't had my coffee, (laughs) I haven't had my exercise. Like I'm a brat. They don't want to deal with me. So it's much, much better when I take care of me first, like put your own oxygen mask on everyone, you know? Hell yes. Hell yes. And the thing too, for visionaries that I I have, it's been a recurring pattern for me as well, that I've finally embraced in the last couple of years is like, the space is so important for us, even if we're not jotting down things for work or whatever, just like you getting on a plane and going and being somewhere different or getting, you know, going for a bike ride into a different neighborhood. That is the stuff that creates the magic inside of us. And whether those downloads are coming then, or it's going to come in three days, but that's because I had this time for myself. Now it's so important for us to give ourselves that space and time. If we're so pushing, hustling, trying to get the boulder up the hill all the time, there's, there's nothing left to give. Yes. Yes. And something I want to say too, because I had this recognition uh, over Christmas actually is these little adventures, if you're someone who's like me and you do, you do need the variety for your brain and your creativity, 
it can be so fast. Like it can be maybe a one hour activity that can just be remarkable. Like on Christmas day, I went and I, I hiked in a new area and I really don't even think I walked for more than an hour, but the way that made me feel lasted, it did something to me. I was like, wow, I drove to this new place. I hiked a new trail I've never seen. Oh, it's all new. It's all beautiful. It's warm out. It's sunny. I, I got the value of like a week vacation from that <laughs> one hour hike just because it just kind of like checked all the boxes of what I needed in the moment. You know, I needed sun, I needed variety, I needed nature. And then I got mm -hmm. it. And it really, I wasn't even gone that long. Like I came home and I was like, wow, I feel like I had this huge adventure and I was only gone for a couple hours, you know, including mm -hmm. the drive. It can be a little thing, like find a new coffee shop to go work out of. It, it can be so small, eat at a new restaurant for lunch, take a walk in a new neighborhood. I've been loving finding new neighborhoods in LA. I know people don't think we walk here, but some of us do. Um, <laughs> just finding new neighborhoods, like just, it can be these little things that light a spark and it's like, oh yeah, it's okay. I didn't have to, you know, I have to remember, I don't have to fly 20 hours to find inspiration, you know? Yes. Yes, absolutely. So, okay. I want to talk about the chicken bus story. The, I don't know why it stuck yes. with me for it's all these huge, years. No, it's a huge <laughs> story. And I don't think anyone who witnessed it will ever forget it. Like it was wild. So I, I want to say, I probably heard about this at like our first mastermind it in could San Diego all those years ago. So yeah. I'll let, I'm going to let you tell, cause I'm, it's your story, but well, yeah, the reason, thank you. The, yeah the, but the reason that I really think it's so important to share is like, I think that we, for one, we see, you know, people who are just at the top of their game, like you are, you've reached this, you know, this space where you're like, you know, you're traveling all over the world, you're doing all these great things, you have all these boundaries in the business, but there was this other aspect of you who really didn't necessarily fit that bill, but but inside you did, and you just had to really let go and embrace and trust. And so I'm going to now hand the mic over to you and let yes. you know. Yes. Well, thank you. And, you know, part of the setup of the story connects with what I was talking about earlier, which is my environmental background. And so I've been a huge activist ever since I was a kid. I grew up in Vermont. You know, you can't, you can't grow up in Vermont and not care about the environment or <laughs> care about social justice because you're just hearing those messages all the time. And of course, I had hippie progressive teachers and all of that. That background is really how this story happened. So, you know, I was like one of those travelers that was like the cheap stay in the hostel, you know, find the $3 room to stay in, in Costa Rica, which I think I once stayed in a place that was like a dollar 50 a night per person. It was terrible, but you know, <laughs> I've done, I've done that. Like this is part of, part of the story. So what happened was I was in Bali. It was that first trip to Bali that I had noted earlier. And we were, it was a very interesting mix of who ended up on this retreat. So there were these like newbie little baby coaches like me all the way up to million dollar plus earners. So this was at the very beginning of my career. I was probably making maybe five grand a month at the time. So very, very, very new in my journey first year as a little baby coach. And we were all in a circle and this, you can imagine Bali, this like beautiful open air yoga studio type of vibe. We're in a circle and um, the woman who's leading my coach at the time lets us know that the next activity is going to be what they were calling like a millionaire's panel. 
And so anyone in the room who was a millionaire was gonna be kind of leading this panel discussion. And we were gonna move into a different space for that discussion. And for some reason, part of this lead up to them moving into the millionaire panel was also asking all the women in the room to raise their hands if they were at six figures. You know, this was baby coach. So I was not one of the ones raising my hand, but I looked around at the women who raised their hands. And I was like, wow, these women are just wonderful women. Wow. And I had I just had never been around that type of wealth before. And so it was unusual for me to be in a room like that. And the craziest thing happened, which was I basically burst into tears because I had so much programming from my activist life and working almost exclusively in nonprofits and, you know, all this programming, essentially that money's bad, rich people are bad. If you care about the environment, you can't be rich because the rich people are the polluters, right? So I had all of this programming and I burst into tears and I was like, when you all raised your hands, I realized you're all such amazing people. And, you know, I don't remember exactly what I said, but I was talking about all these fears I had around becoming rich and where the, where the chicken bus story comes in, bless my little heart. I was like, I still want to be a chicken bus traveler, you know, like that total ugly cry can barely breathe. You know, everyone, we know, we know what those cries are like. And I was freaking terrified of what, like, who would I become if I were to become wealthy? It was so confronting. And I know it's, it probably sounds crazy because if you ask anyone on the street, would you love to be a millionaire one day? Everyone's going to be like, yeah, of course, you know, in LA, they'd be like, I already am. (laughs) Um, But you know, it's something that as kids, you know, we want to buy a lottery ticket or whatever. So it's like this thing we put on a pedestal. But the reality is our conscious and our subconscious are going to fight over this. Like there are beliefs we all have right now that are preventing us from getting to the next level financially. And I got confronted with it in that yoga studio in Bali. And I remember as I'm like ugly crying, of course, all eyes are on me. And um, the women in the room were really touched. There was another woman who was one of the millionaires. I don't know if she was already at multi-millions, but you know, she was already there and she was crying and she said, I'm scared too. Mm. And I was so shocked by that. And then another coach said, girlfriend, you are about to break through things. And I pay for more expensive things now, like I'll fly first class and then jump on a chicken bus. Like, <laughs> you know I, mean? like I, I want it all. I want the full range of experience. I keep a, my own scooter that I own down in Tulum. So yes, I pay for my private car to get down there, but then I want to ride my scooter everywhere once I'm there, you know? So I love to kind of blend the like sort of, sort of like grittier traveler with um, more luxurious travel too. I like to, I like to have that range. Um, you know, I was afraid my values would change. I was afraid I would lose my environmentalism. Um, mm-hmm. I was afraid I'd become a Republican, you know, years <laughs> because I had so many, just all this mental programming around what I thought a rich person was. And I know, you know, this, um, you know, like there's no one, any type of person. Some of the wealthiest people I know are absolutely the most generous and humble people I know. And I also know rich assholes and I know poor assholes and I know poor people who are extremely generous and loving. So, you know, there's no category of good person, bad person when it comes to money. It just, 
amplifies who we are already. Um, but that was a real thing for as much as I look back at the chicken bus story and laugh at it, it was a very real thing I had to confront. Um, and I still have to confront these things. It's just new conversations now, right? Like I look at a private jet and I'm like, well, I'm an environmentalist. Like I probably, you know, maybe I'm not comfortable flying private, even if I could. So it's just new conversations at a different level. Mm, I love that share. That is just so poignant. And even on my own, you know, as I've moved down to Costa Rica and there's trade-offs that we've made to be able to come here and you know, like we hang our clothes to dry, which is like exhausting. And, you know, we were like, well, we're going to do this because this is, you know, this is just, we're going to go live that life. And now I'm like, I'm going to get a much nicer house that has a dryer next time that has like these things that like I, because at the end of the day, like it's, it's not that I ha am, have a problem hanging laundry. It's how much time do I have to do the things that matter to me? Yes when I do that, like, and the chicken bus, do I have 12 hours to ride the slow bus next to the chickens? Or do I need to get to this thing faster so I can feel more rejuvenated in the things that I'm doing? So yeah. it's like finding that, like, what do I need in order for me to really fully live into my greatest joy and purpose versus, you know, what somebody else thinks is going to be the luxurious thing. Like, I don't care about having a big, huge flat screen TV. I care about being able to get to the beach in eight minutes. Like, yes. So I, I'm so glad that you shared that. Thank you so much. Um, okay. So one thing that I would love to ask before we kind of wrap up here is what are, and you've shared a little bit on this, but I'm sure, you know, it's like, we talked about the onion and how we're always unraveling, but what are some of those like reoccurring lessons and patterns that you have overcome or continue to overcome through time? Oh, that's such a good question. So, oh my gosh, I think probably a lot of your listeners, and I know you've definitely heard this phrase of the, we teach what we need to learn. And so uh, mm -hmm. something I'm often confronted with over and over again is asking myself, am I truly building the business that is this just really accurate expression of me? Is it a true expression of me? What I believe in now um, is this you know, like looking at the way that I do program delivery or looking at what I include in a program as far as curriculum or something like that, what I'm talking about in my content. At the very beginning of our conversation, you mentioned that, you know, I, I speak out quite a bit in my content and I say things that a lot of people aren't willing to say. And so holding myself accountable to being that self-expressed leader that I claim to be, I mean, that is that is a, that's a big uh, door that I'm walking through all the time. If I'm making a decision that I'm not sure is totally in alignment, I will sometimes say to myself, like, Emily, you would never let a client do this, which means mm. you can't do this. If you wouldn't let a client do this thing, that's even just a little out of alignment, you can't do it either. Mm. So that's, that's something that I think about very often. And one of my favorite exercises, which I love, so I'll share it, especially as I know, you know, we're in a new year now and people are probably in that contemplative visioning space is one of my favorite things I ever did um, was inspired by a friend. Actually, I was like feeling just poop about my business. And I chatted with a girlfriend and she's like, well, Emily, are you having fun? Cause she knows me. And I was like, 
no, I'm not, you know? So I went down to the beach with this big, I love big notepads, like the big, you know, artsy ones you have to get at the art store or order them on Amazon, whatever. Um, I went down to the beach with a bunch of markers and I wrote on the left side of the paper, love. And on the right, I wrote, don't love. And then I put everything in the business that I loved and didn't love. And I either got rid of things, figured out a new way to provide them or delegated them. And mm. I actually do this process all the time. I have an active one going right now that I'm still working on, but I think that's a really great exercise for anyone who wants to just like revisit what's going on in the business. You have to be careful because sometimes we won't love something just because we have to get better at it still. So, you know, you might say, oh, you hate launching. Well, I get it. A lot of us hate, hate aspects of launching. It's stressful, you know? Um, but it's okay. So how do you, how do you get better at it? Or how do you delegate the aspects of it that you don't enjoy? But this is, I just want to be clear because I don't want to give people bad advice. Yeah. You know, it's not like you can't just put down on the list that you hate sales calls. Like you either got to <laughs> delegate it or you've got to get better at it, but it's not like we just throw necessary business tasks in the garbage. Cause we don't like them. So I just want to put that caveat in there and not get anyone in trouble, but I have found that to be such a simple but profound exercise to really check myself of like, hang on, what's going on here? Yes. Oh, so good. I love that idea. And it's funny, as I'm building this new business, that's what I've led with love. I'm like, what is going to be really fun and easy for me to do? And what did yep. I hate doing? I'm not doing any of it. <laughs> or yeah. how am I hiring it out? So yeah. yes. Oh, I love it. Okay. So can I have you back again really soon? Yeah, let's do it. <laughs> awesome. And I'll have my background all done. So we'll be able to be on camera. We could have a longer dialogue, but this was super fun. Emily, thank you so much for taking time out of your busy schedule. Um, before we wrap, is there anything you've got coming up or where can people find you? Yeah, I think the best place to hang out with me is on social media. So my Facebook, I can give you the links, maybe put them in the, show notes. In the show notes. Yeah. And then on Instagram, I'm just at Emily Rose Utter. So I'd love to have you guys hang with me on Instagram. Megan mentioned that I'm kind of newly on there. I always joke that because I'm over 40, I'm like better at Facebook than Instagram, but I'm putting a lot more effort into it. I love to show up on stories and, and posts and all of that. So I'd love to have you guys there. Like you're always welcome to PM and say, hi, I heard you on Megan's show. Like I love connecting with people. So um, always feel free to come, come follow, comment, like, send me a message, whatever. Um, Megan, you're so awesome. I'm so excited for you with everything that you're doing. And I really appreciate you inviting me to share this space with you. Seriously, anytime. I'm so grateful. And this was super fun. So everybody have a beautiful and blessed rest of your day. Emily, go rock it out and we will chat soon. Talk to you soon. Bye. Ciao.